Ja. Start Nein. recording, Michael. We are live. Let's go. <laughs> hey, Martin, how are you doing today? I am doing awesome. What about you, Michael? I am super duper. Super duper. Yeah. Let's, let's welcome our French guest let's today. Another French guest? Another French guest. Okay. Salut, Damien. Comment vas-tu? <laughs> Bonjour. Wait Martin, a, ça va bien et toi? Wait et toi, a second. Michael? <laughs> <laughs> et toi? Ça va bien. Et toi? Ah, très See, bien. I got it this time. <laughs> so we can do the podcast in French. Yeah, we can let's do not do that. Mm. How right. come every one of our podcasts feels like it's going to be in French <laughs> at some point? Because we did tons of French guests. Yes, that's why, right? Which are not only the smartest guests, but most the most handsome. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> but we're all stupid for trying to start businesses and stuff. <laughs> I don't know which one. <laughs> oh, that's so great. So let's welcome our guest. Sure. Damien Kernis, co-founder of Siam Car Deal. It's on the shirt. I like yeah. to say it's in the name. <laughs> so it's easy to understand. Let's do this really quickly, though, Damien. Why don't you give our guests, our, our listeners, in English... <laughs> a little bit of your background. Oui. <laughs> oui. <laughs> yeah, so um, as I said, yeah, I started uh, my company, Siam Cardio, about six years ago. Okay. Uh, I've been in Thailand for 16 years now. Has it been that long? Yeah, it's been 16. a while. Wow. Uh, originally, my company sent me to work here, right. a big French company. So I worked in the corporate world for about 10 years and then decided it was time to launch my own. And I started CM Cardio because I saw a gap on the market uh, as to buying a new car and the experience around it. Right, right, right. And I think six years later, we're still here. So I think it was a good assumption. Right. It was a good assumption <laughs> and it's still valid. So that's why we keep going. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about, there's this elephant in the room for everything that's happened in the past two years or so, right? And it's COVID. Can you talk about Siam Cardio's growth pre-COVID just so people understand where it was going at that time? Yeah. So actually for us, it's quite interesting because COVID was kind of a good thing. Uh, as we are um, an online marketplace and we are fully digital, fully working online, we never had any physical uh, business or, or things, right? We're doing lead generation, we're doing software. Right. So actually during COVID, there was two sides of the, of the coin, right? One side was the market was down, dealers had to shut down because of lockdowns. So all the sales volume dropped. But on the other hand, what was left of the business needed to move online. No more motor show events, no more uh, cars in the shopping malls because everything was closed. So we benefited uh, in one way of getting the budgets switching online and we were able to capture uh, some of those budgets which we may have not in the past. So this is something that I was, I've been thinking about before you came in today. And that was exactly this point, that the, ne the need, the necessity to digitize these businesses was obvious to you but maybe not so obvious to the dealers back then. But bit by bit, you've been digitalizing little bits and pieces of the car business, starting with the new car business. Did you see it accelerate as COVID hit? In other words, was it easier for you to do sales and convince people to use your stuff? Yes, I, I think it, it, it has shown the dealers and the brands in general that it was really a necessity to, to be more digital right. and to have a, a strategy that covered all the different channels, not only just their websites, but also working with all third parties, um, platforms, content creators, uh, like, like you guys, for example, <laughs> uh, things like that. So they, they definitely, uh, what happened, what we see in the, in the past few years, almost all of the brands have created this digital strategy department right. within their company, which didn't exist before. Okay. And they have some guys who are there just trying to coordinate everyone to have a digital strategy along the whole chain, whether it's from marketing, from sales, from um, you know, f customer follow-up and, and deliveries, all this stuff. So they, it's, it's a hard job, but they are definitely, uh, we see just over the, uh, the past couple of years and, and during COVID, those guys get, got more power and, and more <laughs> credibility because uh, what they were doing suddenly was, was the only way <laughs> that but was available. But it's a really good point because I was talking to somebody in the insurance industry as well on my InsurTech show and the woman who runs the digital business there said, everybody's now part of that digital business mm. because they realize the same thing that you're saying that particularly in COVID and the more they digitalize the business at the beginning, it was just like, those are the tech people. And now it's like, bring those tech people over here because we can use their help. Right. So they are yeah. gaining more power. I'm really wondering in terms of sales during COVID, it goes up, it goes down for cars. Yeah. Oh. Good question. So, uh, uh, 2020 and 2021, basically roughly the time market is about half of what it was pre-COVID in half. terms of half. new car sales. Half. 
Um, I I don't know the exact numbers for the used cars, but I know it's a bit less of a hit because a lot of people uh, try to buy cheaper used cars as as an alternative to not use public transportation. So Uh, the used car market has benefited a little bit more than the new car one because all the new cars are more expensive by by nature. And are you in the used car market as well? Yeah, we're also starting to do uh, a few things in in the used car uh, because I think it it goes together, right? Like when someone buys a new car, they are going to often have uh, an old car that they want to trade in or to resell. So you need to help the customer along the chain. As I mentioned, there's a whole chain of buying and selling a car and it all goes together. So a lot of the players like uh, famous guys like Carsome, Caro, um, even Cars24 now is coming oh, in, right? right? So those guys are, all those companies are, are starting with one piece of the puzzle, let's say, because it's such a big market that you can't tackle everything at once. You need to like, okay, I'm going to start with this and solve this problem and then I'm going to expand along the chain. So ultimately all those companies are trying to cover the whole ecosystem but starting with one point so we started with new cars right right right. that was our premise that nobody was doing new cars and helping the new car uh buying process uh those guys started that we're going to help the used car process because nobody's helping people buying a used car right but so used cars is a little bit it's a very different market i'm guessing right and one of the complexities of the new car market is that there's a dealer involved correct or a brand right but one of the two if not both And the difference is for a used car, I could literally call you and sell you my car with no dealer and no brand involved. So I feel like, now you could do it, right? There are used car dealers for sure. But I had a car and I sold it to just another person. Yeah, the the vast majority of the transactions are are going through dealers, though even for used cars. I don't know that. Okay, the the C two C business it's it's not that big. Maybe it's thirty percent or twenty five or thirty percent of the whole used car sales Got are it. just C two C. Okay, uh, because often it's it it's very hard and long to find a buyer for your car because now there's so many uh, so much choice online right. and there's so many listings and so many you know ways you can check cars so it's really hard as an individual when it's not your job right. to do marketing <laughs> for your car, car how do you right. find someone to buy it okay maybe you have a friend and that works but some most of the time people don't have time for that so they would just uh, sell it to a dealer yeah, that's that's very interesting what you say because in france we have this website called le bon coin Right, yep. and like most of the used car that goes from goes through that, like yeah, yeah. P- people want to sell like uh, a car or an apartment right. or something. That's the first. Yeah. So it's like Cra- it's like Craigslist. Yeah, it's like Kaidi, uh, the equivalent of Kaidi <coughs> in in Thailand, and and actually Kaidi has a lot of cars as yeah. well. Yeah. But actually, a lot of dealers are also on Kaidi okay, okay. because really? dealers are very prominent in Thailand, and they buy and sell the cars because they can act faster than individuals. Mm-hmm. Often, it's hard. So, what one of the issues? For the C2C business, like selling to another consumer, is how do you trust that the car is in good condition? Yeah. yeah that yeah. The, the odometer has not been tapered with, which most of the cars in Southeast Asia are. Really? And, and did the car have an accident? And like a lot of the pieces are not original, you know, they've been replaced. Right. So there's this, there's this issue of trust in the market that makes it hard to sell from consumer to consumer. In France or in, in mature market, you kind of protect it by the law as well. If you find a problem, you can always go to the court. But here, it's not much you can do. So that, that's what, uh, like, Carsam and Cairo, that's exactly what they're trying to address. So they are, they're basically buying cars, reconditioning them, uh, doing this uh, 100 uh, I don't know how many points of inspection, and, and then reselling you with a warranty, like a one-year warranty. So they're taking inventory on? Yes, correct. Now this is what they're, they're doing. They're becoming like a, a, four, a dealer 4.0, uh, where they buy old cars, recondition them, and sell them because they are like very efficient at sourcing cars and very efficient at digital marketing Got compared it. to traditional dealers who rely <coughs> still on walk-in and, and listing platforms and things like that. So what is, they must have a massive data operation as well. Yes, correct. So do they are they involved in the transaction too? So they must yeah, be, right? They so they the buy, they're, they're, buy the car, they do the inspection. Dealer, yes, correct. Yeah. And they're like a they're like a full dealer, yes. but for every brand. Exactly. So they take all the data and then they analyze what the price should be. Do they do dynamic pricing as well? I think it's just yeah, based on the on the time at the time that they're selling the car, they're gonna look at all the different prices and set the price to to maximize their profit. So they they try to buy the best cars that will sell fast at the lowest price mm-hmm. and uh, sell them at the highest price. So. Is is Grab also now a buyer of cars? The reason why I ask is because when I use Grab Premium sometimes, it says, you know, Toyota Camry, but it's used and super used. 
right? It's not that nice of a car. And it feels like Grab is either buying these cars, leasing these cars, and then renting them out to the drivers. Yeah, it's probably uh, through some leasing company. I, I'm not so familiar with That's their okay. particular mechanics, but uh, I would guess some leasing from, from leasing companies, and yeah, they would let drivers use them. Can you put a number, and you can say no, because I obviously don't know this, but can you put a number on the size of the car market in Thailand? Yeah, of course. Um, new cars uh, on, a, on a normal year, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's about 1 million new cars sold per year. One million new yeah. cars sold per year. And 2020 and 2021, we are at around 550, maybe 600 this year, 600,000. So it's like ha almost half of the normal size. And the used car market is a bit more, it's probably somewhere around 1.5 million cars a year. So you're still, you're still talking about two and a half million cars changing yeah. hands. Yeah. Wow, it's a gigantic market. Yes. I wonder what it is in and dollar in, in Southeast Asia, it's about 8 million cars total. And just the value of the car is about $200 billion just, just in sales, not, not including insurance, financing, accessories, <laughs> maintenance, you know, all this stuff. So just say buying and selling cars is $200 billion in Southeast Asia. So that's why we also chose to go after this industry. And that's why all these guys have this high valuation. Because you take, okay, $1 billion valuation for Caro. Nothing. Uh, actually compared to the market, yeah, they have a good potential. So give you an example. Um, they actually follow the Carvana model in, in the US. Carvana. So Carvana is like the pioneer in this type of model of buying inventory and reselling it online. And then they would deliver it to your, to your house, right? So you're not constrained by geographic location where you need to go to a dealer that's next to you so you don't travel 200 kilometers to check a car and then it's not good. So they will have all this inventory that's like inspected, certified, uh, comes with a warranty. You can send it back within seven days if you're not happy. <laughs> so this kind of the trust that they're building that you don't need to worry about any car. You can just buy it online because you don't need to test drive or check it because we've already done that for you. That's, that's their... They're, they're offering. And I think it's a pretty good offering and that's why they're getting a lot of money. So this <laughs> is like what LL Bean used to do in the United States for boots <laughs> and for shirts. I'm serious. You could buy it and if you didn't like it, you could send it back. Now they did it because it was clothing at any time. But even a car, if you buy it and you can send it back in seven days, you should know pretty much pretty much about the car like in the first yeah, couple of days. Yeah, exactly. You can hear the rattling or the tires aren't set or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, you should know about it. And, and probably they're not going to take a risk to, to sell you a bad car because that's just bad business for them, <coughs> right? If they yeah, start to right. have people complaining. So they're just, they have these reconditioning centers where they really just uh, make the car new again and just fix anything that needs fixing. I'd be curious to understand. I don't, I don't know if you know, and I don't really care today, but I'd be curious to know what their CapEx is and what their margins are, right? Because <laughs> buying a car is also really expensive. But I understand the markup in used they, cars they is nice. They need a lot of cash for the inventory. Right, that's, that's why they've that's, raised that's a ton of money. Exactly. So right. the, the margins will depend on how good you are with data yeah, uh, because yeah, yeah. you need to buy uh, at the lowest price and sell it at the highest price. The risk is you're not sure to sell the car. So you can end up with, uh, on your yard, you could have hundreds of cars that you can't sell. So that, 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 that's the risk that they carry. But they think with the data, they, they buy cars that they will be able to sell. Right. And this is happening a lot in the housing market in the United States as well. As a matter of fact, some of these big companies like this have decided that they want to be owners of homes. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that the, like the Zillow and... Uh, well, Divi, has, Divi yeah. is doing this. Zillow is yeah. doing this. And I think it was Red And something. then they all went... Uh, they, 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 they couldn't sell them and they couldn't they sell seized, them right like, yeah, yeah so but <laughs> but it's so hard for a house first of all because you can't move it anywhere you can't deliver it to somebody no. it's, it's there right so a car you can take somewhere else yeah. it, also it's a factor more expensive than a car right so you're not going to lower the price to zero and in most cases people take out big loans like mortgages to buy them so if the mortgage yeah. becomes an npl and a non-performing loan it just becomes a much more non-trivial transaction oh, exactly um, but also like the thing that happened with this big uh, like this big company that buy houses is that they, they created ai in the back end to kind of automatically buy the houses yeah, yeah so yeah, like yeah. The, the problem that, that they had is that the ai kind of made the market because if the ai buys 80 percent of the houses yeah. in a single ne 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 neighborhood and it's the ai would choose the price and you own 80 percent of of of, yeah. uh, of the <coughs> houses then you can of make the price yourself yeah. right <coughs> so like this is what during COVID, like they, they just got the price so high because, like, of course, the AI did not really know like what was <laughs> right. going yeah, on. Yeah, didn't know right? COVID was going on. Yeah, so like they end up like buying really, really tons of stuff. So does that kind of stuff also happen in the car industry? Like, do they hi yeah. do they have AI? Do they get like software? Like Very this? interesting transition in the US <laughs> right now. Uh, a crazy thing is happening. What's uh, that? A, a used car is more expensive than a new car. 
So uh, if you buy your Toyota Camry new in the US, right. say, I'm just saying random yeah, price, $30,000. Right. Uh, a secondhand Toyota Camry from last year with 20,000 kilometers on the clock would be $35,000 on the market. Though? Is it just because there's more bidding going on? No, the reason is now uh, also another challenge from the industry on top of COVID is the shortage of microchips. So you may have heard that from Tesla, from uh, phone manufacturers. Understood. It's so you're so procure. So making new cars. No, they, they, they have problems to make cars because they're lacking the chips. Got and, it. And there's so much electronics oh, in cars nowadays. This. Sure, sure, sure. So they're really struggling to actually make the car. So like I read that Tesla delivered cars without USB ports <laughs> because they didn't have the components <laughs> and they just wanted to keep shipping. So they went, oh, sorry guys, no USB port on this batch. And they were like, yeah, you can plug your phone and stuff. Like, but, but they were like, yeah, okay, I don't know, maybe they gave a discount or something. But, but yeah, the challenge is that so now like Ford and others, they are, they are opening facilities to make their own chips because they are too dependent on suppliers. So it's been a really, a really big challenge. And now, nowadays, like the wait list to get components is like a year and a half. So if you order chips now, you get them in, in, in a year and a half. But by that time, they'll be obsolete. <laughs> yeah, and there's a problem like, like that, right? So, so that's, that's, that's made like uh, production of new cars to be really, really low, really slow. And people needed cars, so they started to look at the used car, and it came up like, yeah, I need a car, and there's, there's the new car is six months waiting list, and I need a car now, so make the used car price be higher than new car. It's crazy. Right? Just but, because it's valuable now. But just, yeah, because people need cars, <laughs> and there's no new cars available before yeah. the next six months, because they cannot produce them fast enough. Which is, um, which is interesting in the context that the Japanese, I think, uh, decade, no, no, sorry, excuse me, a generation ago or two generations ago, right, introduced this idea of just-in-time inventory and having all the suppliers right around the manufacturing plant and just having great relationships with them. Yeah. But I guess the idea as well is that the rare metals and the other stuff you need to actually make those components is also broken on the supply chain. So even those suppliers can't get the stuff that they need to make the things to supply exactly. to the car makers. And, and on top of these two, so microchip shortage, COVID, and you have a third one now. What's is, that? Is the cost of logistics of freight at the moment. So right now, uh, there is a, a kind of a situation in, in the freight industry. I, I have worked in the freight for like 10 years before, right? right. And um, during COVID, there was a couple of things that happened. Uh, one was the ship that was stuck in the Suez Canal. Everyone yeah. saw that, right? Right, right, right. And that created a lot of delays uh, because other ships couldn't go, right? So right. created of delays, backlogs at the ports. And I was just during COVID and all the shipping lines were like, okay, we're going to reduce capacity because with COVID, uh, nobody's consuming and all. But actually... A lot of goods, uh, people were buying a, a lot more goods during COVID for their house and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Actually, the, the overall demand for all kind of stuff actually Exploded. increased a lot during COVID. Right. And what happened is the shipping line never put back the capacity to, to carry the stuff. And what they did is just increase the <coughs> prices based on there was a lot of demand. And same for planes, right? No tourists. So there was not a lot of planes to carry. Normally, most of the cargo stuff is carried by planes that carry people around. Right, right, right. So there was, there was no more planes going. So the price of air freight, the price of sea freight got crazy. So to give you an idea, uh, a container from, say, China to Europe or to the US, it was $2,000 two years ago. Now it's $25,000. For the same one. For the same container. So you can imagine <laughs> now if you want to ship components or stuff like that or, or toys or, or anything yeah, anything yeah. it's it's twenty five thousand dollars per container just because there is less and the yeah, just because is, the capacity is, is less and they don't put more boats so they can dictate the price and actually to give you a start I just read that a couple of days ago uh the, the 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 shipping line industry so all the major shipping lines combined this year are going to make 200 billion dollars in profit which probably uh, uh two years ago they were making one billion you know all together Oh really? So they, and 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 to, this two hundred billion is more than Facebook, Apple, Netflix, and Google combined and Microsoft combined. So who needs tech now? You just invest in boats and then you make you make more money than, than, than tech. No, so that, that's a crazy situation. I mean, not a lot of people know that because it, it hasn't impacted people yet, but it will definitely at some point uh, now. Like the the manufacturers are bearing this cost, but at some point it will be. Uh, passed over to the consumers, right? So I expect if that doesn't change quickly, there will be a lot of uh, price increase and inflation because of that. So there's a big worry globally about um, inflation. And it's just greed because there's no there's no reason to keep prices that high. I mean, it doesn't so, make sense. So it's 90% it's greed, yeah? 
Ten percent is because, as you said, if if it's an airplane, normally there are people on it, so they can yeah. subsidize some of the cost of the cargo with the people and but vice versa. You can versa. just put more planes, right? Like I, the I planes it, are here, it. so you can just you can just put more planes because there's more demand. That's yeah, how it works but the, usually. But there's no right? reason so why profits go up a no, two hundred I mean, times. I, I, I would understand if the price is double, double. you know, and they, they yeah, enjoy yeah. a double profit. That's fine, you know. But yeah, like ten enough. times, twenty times, a hundred like, times, yeah, twenty yeah, times, it's wrong. And the other thing too is that the U.S through some of these stimulus packages that they've given out to a couple of hundred million people is also giving people money that they might not have had otherwise. Yeah, no, it's true. And that's, that's going to increase, that's gonna the increase inflation yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah but like, you're right. a lot of money in the stock market and all of that rest. So like, well, and that's yeah. one of the reasons why the stock market's so high. We could spend yeah. days talking about that, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. another yeah. podcast. <laughs> 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 but actually, I, yeah. I, I guess there's a direct link with the, with the car market because like most of people finance their car and they don't buy cash, right? So like they need to get loans and this is directly impact like what's going on on the stock market or at least with, with the bank, right? And maybe that's what these guys are doing like the details what you say that when they buy the cars, they like um, make it look great and warranty and all of that. Maybe they had the financing part, maybe they had- Exactly, like that's exactly their stuff. plan. They, they do everything basically. Yeah. So they don't work with a bank. A traditional <coughs> dealer would have a partnership with the banks, like mm-hmm. Kungsi or, or Tanashart in Thailand. And then when they have a customer buying a car, oh, can you provide a loan to them? And I get a commission, right? They, right, they right. were I sent for the insurance, they would call a Rujai or, or, or whatever insurance, say, hey, can you, to insurance and I take my 2000 baht commission on that. Uh, what they did is they said, no, we're gonna do everything in-house yeah. and they're buying or, or creating their own insurance broker or their own insurance company actually, yeah. uh, the writer, right? Yep. And, uh, and their own financing entity and they're providing loans and insurance and taking all the margin basically with them. I mean, the dealers used to do this as well. Sorry, the brands used to do this, right? Like Ford Motor Credit, FMCC, yeah, yeah, and, no, and the, GMAC and stuff used to do this as well. I was talking in the used car business because, because the new car is very different. Because as I said, so new car, they will be the brand yep. and they will have like kind of franchise dealers. Yep. And those dealers have to follow the instructions. And usually, I say, all, all the manufacturers have their own financial uh, company to yep. do loans. And they would do probably around 50, 60% of the loans for all the best customers. Right, and then right. there's like this the other rest just 30, go to a 40% bank. where like, now nah, we don't want to take a risk <laughs> right. with these customers. <laughs> then they give it to banks. To banks. All. So dealers have less leeway in, in new car, but in used car, you don't have this because they say this is just, you buy a car, it's yours. You don't owe anything to anyone, to any brand. Right. So then you can do the financing and decide what are the terms. So that's the reason why they're focusing on, on, on those aspects. Really interesting business model though, right? Because they're trying to replicate the new car business in yep. the used car market. Yeah, kind of like be a be a trusted brand that would do that would sell all type of cars and and the interesting part is Carvana is doing that has been doing that for years and even with COVID and all of that their market share is less than one percent and we're talking multi billion dollar revenue already because the 200 $200 billion dollars is Southeast Asia market but the U S market is thirty million cars here is eight million <laughs> so imagine the size it's like a trillion dollar roughly something like that so. By doing a five billion dollar business, you have only like two percent of, of the market, right? So that's that's the crazy part. That's why they can have, have all these variations, you know. Like in the UK, there's a company called Kazoo. Kazoo, and, yeah, uh, yeah. They just started uh, maybe three years ago, and they raised like few hundred millions before they even launched. Because they were like, we're gonna do this model and it works in in the US. Right. And we just, just need, gonna we be just need capital to the do governor it. of the of the UK, and then they sponsored the Premier League, the football. You know, before they even launched, there was Kazoo on Manchester United shirts, really? and you're like, what's this brand? And then and then just like uh, one year after they launched, uh, they did a SPAC. Uh, they got acquired by a SPAC for like 40 billion or something, and just went listing, like just like that, just two years. From from nothing to a forty <laughs> billion spec, right? So that there's a lot, definitely a lot of um, companies trying to emulate uh, this. But of course, Southeast Asia has its own challenges. Uh, different countries, different regulations, different ways to work. Uh, I think the most difficult part for them is building their brand, because like nobody really knows Carsum or Caro as 
a seller of cars, no, right? People no, no, in no. tech like us would know, okay, we know they raise money. And yeah, stuff, yeah, but, but like, but, but your mother and your mother-in-law is never going to know. No, that. no. And, and, and basically now they are doing these uh, TV advertising spots. Oh gosh. Awesome has a very funny one, by the way, you can, you can check it out. <laughs> uh, they're, they're over on TV. They, they, they just did the BTS uh, coverage uh, just a few days ago. So now. Can I understand yeah. the mentality here though with these ads that are on the road? The video ads that are on the road. Am I meant to be in my car driving and looking off to the right <laughs> to look at that little thing on the BTS to see? It just feels like a weird way to advertise it's, for me. It's, it's just for people who, yeah, yeah, it's like, it's just it's for, for people the passengers. Yes, yeah, for people who are taking the BTS and don't own a car and yet. And don't own a car. Would, would like, like, are stuck inside and they would like, ah, I would be better in my car. I would be better in my car. No, but if you're inside the train with all these hundreds of people, right, say, ah, maybe, maybe I, I need a car. car. Yeah. But I mean, even Nicola advertised, Rujai advertises on that spot in the BTS. Yeah. I'm talking about downstairs on the, on Skumvit Road, right? Ah, yeah, and yeah. And those yeah, video yeah. things, like, From I'm driving my car. Why yeah. am I looking at that? It's probably a package. I know, I know, oh, right, I know. But yeah, I know, that's I know. funny. It's just kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, did the government here, because you mentioned regulations, right? And I remember just before I arrived in Thailand in t at the end of 2011, and I think it was because of the floods. I don't, I don't know this for a fact. I don't remember. Was, but the government built it, some it incentives. Before, before the floods. It was not related, but yes, they did put a, 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 big a scheme incentives. for, for first-time first car, car, first car buyers. For eco-cars only, because right, right. they pushed the production of eco-cars on the time. But it just increased the number of cars on the road dramatically, according yeah, to people that, exactly, that were there at the, the time. Yeah. What, what it achieved uh, is not a really good thing, is that it just borrowed demand from the next two, three years yeah, yeah, to yeah, say yeah. on that year. No, so it went like this and yeah, then right back It was 1.4 million that year uh, cars sold. And now we are at 500,000 10 years later. So you right. can imagine yeah, what yeah, it yeah, did yeah. to the market. It's not a good thing. It was a good thing on that year because for sure, a lot of people sure. sold cars. Uh, and but then a lot of them got flooded after, <laughs> well, after they bought it, they got flooded as well. So. Yeah. so net, net, not a great idea. But did they do anything after COVID no, as well? Um, there was no incentive whatsoever really? during this period. Um, uh, actually, one reason is that there's a problem of production and <laughs> with, uh, fair with, with the other things. Um, also, I think they are preparing incentives for electric cars. So uh -huh. Thailand wants to be a hub of electric production and another hub, right? They want to be the hub for everything. <laughs> right. Uh, but I, I have to it's say- It's already I, the I, hub for podcasting, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, just, that's just thanks to you. Mostly, Fr mostly French podcasting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> French speaking podcast. <laughs> French. We should do one. As yeah, we should do the French podcast. Are we back there now? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, basically they, they, they are doing these incentives for EV, so electric vehicles, Down EV in production in, EEC, in, yeah. in Thailand. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of companies have signed up for it. Um, Chinese companies are coming in, uh, like Great Wall Motors have taken over the General Motors factory down in Rayong because General Motors pulled out of Thailand, so the Chevrolet brand uh, exited. So right. the, the Chinese are taking They've been here for a long time. Yes. And uh, just yeah, they couldn't they couldn't get the volumes to where it would make sense to have these big factories because it was both for local and export. Right. But domestically, they were not selling enough, and there was not enough export market in the region. So the Chinese are. I haven't lived in the United States in thirty years, so I don't even know what's going on there. Right. I haven't been there since two thousand and ten. Do people buy Chevys in the U.S. today? I think they still do. Yeah. Don't ask me why. I don't know. So uh, I don't know either because even when I saw they buy Chevrolet Fords and 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 and, and Chevys, so I guess that's still. Yeah, but Ford exited the car market. Yeah, I mean pickups like they just uh, make I'm, trucks. I'm, I'm I'm including in cars. I'm including. Pickups. I understand. I understand. Uh, but yeah. think about it, Ford, which basically invented the car market in the United States, didn't invent the car, right? Mm. And also mass production in the U.S. Exited the car market. Yeah. That's weird, yeah. Mm. Can you talk a little bit about a little bit more about the Chinese makers? Yeah, like, so what are they doing? Uh, I, have, I have a question for you. Uh, what's your perception of Chinese cars? Like, like, Maybe like would you would you buy one? What's you, do you, what what would be your concern? So it's like a that? really interesting. It's a really interesting question. And you told me before we started recording that you were at the motor show. Yes, at the VIP part of the motor show just before it opens, right to the to the general public. And ten years ago, when I went to buy a car here, I went to the motor show to look at all the cars because when I lived in Japan, I had a relationship with a guy who sold cars, so it was easier for me to buy. And I went to the motor show and I was like, wait a second, there are Korean brands here, there are Chinese brands here. But my wife at the time didn't want to buy a non-Japanese car. Mm. And that was 10 years ago. I haven't purchased a car since then. But if, I, if you hadn't said great something 
What's Rick it called? Motors. Yeah. I wouldn't have known one Chinese brand. Now, I know that they own... I'm going to get this wrong, but they own some of the old British brands, yeah, right? Yeah, MG. MG. Yeah. Don't they also own Jaguar? I can't remember, but it doesn't... That, like, that's all yeah. I know really about Chinese cars. I don't know any of the brand names. Oh, they but, own Volvo as well now. Like, but, yeah. but to be fair, my impression would be the same level of quality as any other product that China makes and every iPhone we buy and every Apple computer that we buy and probably this audio deck was made in China and I have no problem buying it. Why do you yeah. ask? Do you think that people's, people have a misconception about the quality of Chinese cars? Because their, their progress in the electric car business has been insane, no? Yes. So basically, in my view, uh, even let's say five years ago, so China went through different phases right, in the automotive uh, development. So first, they brought it the brands like in the 80s I remember to transfer the knowledge and learn how to Ford was there GM was there Volkswagen Volkswagen was the first was there. one yep, uh, yep. the major one that's why they did all the taxis in, in, in China I didn't know that okay. Volkswagen right Santana's right. and, and, and later Passat's right because they were the first one to actually that's manufacture in China right so they, they, they just took like 20 years to transfer the knowledge from the 80s to let's say year 2000 then the first decade of the 2000 to 2010 it was copy time uh, you know bad Chinese copies of cars you know fake Range Rovers and fake <laughs> things like they would just look like the real one but just a, a low quality copy right it was called Range River or something yes <laughs> something like that and then, then, then yeah that's a funny name you, you would turn like and then the wheel would come over <laughs> not that bad but no it was really bad really bad really bad quality on the time nobody would buy that only in the Chinese market that people right. wanted to have just a car anything but right? from from the last decade they really started to learn because they learn fast it, and, and it's valid in any product right it used to be that Chinese products were low quality but you look at the Xiaomi stuff now like it's world class it's just it's, yeah it's just, it's just well, I mean Shenzhen is the electronics yeah. manufacturing center of the universe right so yeah. you wouldn't think twice to buy I, I got no. a Xiaomi phone and uh, it was no. it was half the price of any Samsung or anything yeah, yeah. it worked as well so it's probably manufactured in the same factory for yeah. Sakes. <laughs> as well so they, they've really yeah come a long way but people are still on this perception that that things that China produces the quality is not going to last and all but I can tell you that the last three four years uh, there are brands that are being built in China that are Tesla competitors, so as you mentioned, the, the electric cars. Right. And, and they started their own brands without any heritage. So not, not, uh, those brands have not produced shitty cars in the past, which is the problem of some of the brands, right, like right, a right. Cherry or, or things like that. You look at the old cars, they are like, <laughs> you know, very bad cars and they're trying to change their, their, their image. But the new brands like Xpeng, for example, I don't know if you know this brand, Xpeng. It's listed in, in, in the US on the, on no the NASDAQ. Idea. Do you uh, know? The, the, You're the, a car the, guy. Yeah, no yeah, idea. The Tesla competitor. And right now they're selling only in China, but they are going to sell in Europe and, and the US very soon. And personally, I think their cars are better than Tesla. <laughs> when you look at them, uh, the, the technology is better. Uh, the, the design is better. Everything is really super nice. And, and back to the motor show, there's a couple of Chinese brands. Like, so Great Wall Motor has a Haval, uh, Aura. They have different brands in their groups. Right. And the Haval cars... You go inside, it's 10 times better than in a Japanese car for the same price. So it's really now I start to see a, a, a really a switch to where Japanese cars have not leveled up. They've just been doing the same thing for the past 20 years and they still work on their reliability and, and, and people know the, the how does a, How does the inside of a car get leveled up? Is it just better leather, better yeah, ergonomic design? design or yeah, just design, uh, tech as well, like the, 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 the small tech things, right. uh, lane assist, all this kind of stuff. The level of equipment now in a Chinese car is a lot better than in the Japanese car. And, and the mm. price is lower because they can produce it more efficiently. And the Japanese have just, they just keep doing the same what they thing. know how to do, right? Because they're very slow at moving, whereas the Chinese have really improved a lot. So I think that it's going to be a real uh, challenge for Japanese manufacturers in Southeast Asia to maintain their leadership position because once people realize that the quality is much better and that right now the only reason people don't buy Chinese cars is because oh, I don't know how long they're right, going to last. Because it's a Chinese car. I know, whatever, I know right. my Japanese Toyota is going to last forever. Right, <laughs> right, right. But when you look at it, when it's, when it's going to start to have actual data of people driving it for a long time and they're fine, um, I think it's going to change the perception and, and the electric shift. Like now they are kind of a leader in electric cars and because I believe Thailand is going to switch to 
electric cars pretty quickly. Right. If the government government doesn't uh, you know uh, screw it up <laughs> or you know put the right incentives, incentives. in place, uh, I don't know if you saw, but uh, PTT is going to manufacture electric cars. I don't know if you saw that. I news. did not see it. So they've announced a joint venture with Foxconn. So Foxconn is the one who produces all the Apple. iPhones and right. all the Apple products. Han High Precision. Yeah. So yeah. they are going to do a joint venture and produce electric cars in Thailand because PTT knows like the, the oil is, is not going to last forever, right? So it's they are going, they're going all into electric. And their gas fields are getting depleted as well yeah. in the Gulf of Thailand. Yeah. Exactly. And and what they do is they are putting charging stations. Now in every PTT station, gas station, you have electric chargers. So they are building the infrastructure and then they build the cars. I don't know how that's going to look like. I'm waiting to see. <laughs> might not be, you know, like, you know. Uh, an oil company building a car is like if Apple is already struggling to build one, you feel like <laughs> it see. might be it might be difficult. But but just what it brings is that there's a there's this this trend and this yeah these these things happening that show that the electric car the transition to electric is coming um, very faster than we think, uh, I believe. And all Can't these Chinese brands that come to Thailand are going to benefit from that because the the import tax also from China on electric car is zero. So they benefit from this free trade agreement, which European cars don't have at the moment. Right. So there's lots of discussions between brands and government and, and all of that. So the, the Chinese are really in a good position with, with all of this to, to expand their footprint in the region and in the electric cars. And how does this impact what Siam car deal does? Because it seems to me that there's been sort of tectonic shifts in what's happening in the car market at scale, right? Whether it's the technology in the used car market and the organization with Carsim and you said Cars24 and Caro, which are all competing together kind of in the same market. And what what is the scale and scope of your business look like in that context? I think it's uh, is the beauty of our of our business is that if there's still something to sell, we are there to help selling it. Whoever is selling it, however they are selling it, and and anyways going to be online for most of the thing, right? For we know sure, everything, everything. Is digital. So as long as we are online, we are just helping them. What, however, is changing, and however things are changing, we are here to help them to find customers for their cars or to help customers to sell their cars to one of the dealers. So we we are in a good position by being an enabler. Uh, whoever is selling it, you know, if it's Carsom selling them or if it's a dealer needing help, we can help everyone. We are like neutral. We can help every brand. We can help new car. We can help used car. So I think this is really this this is the opportunity that that we have here, and and I think we are the only company, at least in Thailand, doing this because Carsom, Carol, all these big guys, people will think, wow, the car market is saturated, right? Who's going to start and back a, a, an automotive company to right. go up against those giants? But the truth is, they are just becoming a dealer, right? So they're just that's one why I'm of asking. the actors, but we are there around helping all the whole market. So I think that's a good position to be in as well, because you can not only uh, be restricted to a certain inventory that you have on hand, we can help the whole market. For you, it's like almost getting another client, or at least a yeah, few more yeah, clients, it's, it's right? definitely one of our, of our clients, yes. We help them to find leads, to sell cars. <laughs> definitely, we are we are one of the, of the providers for them. Did we, that... Yeah, yeah, sorry, my God, Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say that that's an idea that we often talk about together, right? I, when you're building a company, are you building the product or services or are you building a platform? Right. And we, and we always prefer building a platform just because of what you say, like because thanks to that, if the market change, if things evolve, then you can still be here because thanks yeah. to your platform, you can you, you connect with people, can work with much more pe pe people, brands, and then if just the players change, that's fine because your platform you just plug in a new player into the platform. Just yeah, exactly. The new players, and then it just helps you to stay over time, and hmm. and that's kind of a con con uh, one of example that confirm what we like talking about all the time. The startup world, right? Yeah, cool. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Michael. I no, no, no. It's the it, <laughs> but if you do bring it back to an e-commerce angle, mm -hmm. it's the perfect platform for this. And you're right, and I think you said it a little bit in passing. What Carsum's doing, what Car Cars24 is doing, and what Caro is doing is just becoming another dealer. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, essentially, yes. Uh, a very, a very efficient one. Right, right. But, but again, but, they but own the inventory, yeah. right? Just like a, a regular used car dealer yes. from 50 years ago. They own the inventory. They give, they give the seller a price. They try to figure out what the margin is. And then they try to use that margin and sell it to somebody who wants to buy the car. 
what's the difference? Now, yeah. maybe they do it with more artificial intelligence. Maybe they do it with more data analytics. And maybe they do it without um, being location or neighborhood specific. Yeah. Right? We'll bring your car anywhere because who cares, right? They put it yeah. on the back of a truck and then they just drive exactly. it somewhere. But for them, if there's margin, they can do that anywhere. And for you, you're sitting there on the sidelines going, another dealer? Yeah, <laughs> bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> bring it on. Yeah, and and they're most like they're most uh, likely to understand what how we can help as well. So they yeah, they're because when you more eager to, to yeah, use yeah, our yeah. service because when you go knock on the, yeah, yeah, when you go knock on the door of a traditional deal, yeah. they're like yeah, huh yeah. Exactly. But Carson's like yeah, yeah. I need some leads. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I need to sell the cars. I need to sell uh, some no, cars. No, there's, there's definitely uh, one one way to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And is there anything else that you're building into your platform as well or any other trends that you see in the car market? This conversation about Chinese cars, fascinating. Yeah. I say I don't think I don't think it's changing any fundamentals, whether it's an electric car, uh, a, a gas powered car, whatever. It's just selling a product right in the end and understanding how the consumers or what's the consumer journey to choose a car, to buy the car, what's the financing, the insurance. The customers just need to understand what are the options and that's where we help. So I, it's not a fundamental shift into our business, but it's definitely a shift in, in what people are buying, what kind of cars and how they're gonna handle it because you need the infrastructure uh, and things like that. But yeah, it's um, it's it's a big shift, at this, but at the same time, it's just doing, th just doing the same things as a hundred years ago, but, <laughs> but in a more digital way and more efficient way, I would say, which is good because then a consumer is a benefi beneficiary of that. And what do you think would be the time frame to see like a lot of Chinese electric cars in the street uh, of Bangkok? Look in the look <laughs> in the street today, and uh, you might not notice, but already the Haval and all of that. They're, yeah. they're really so Haval is a Chinese brand. Yes, I know. I heard you say that earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's b it belongs to Great Wall Motors. Is one of their their brands. And right. They just released the Haval Jolion, uh, which is less than a million baht, and it's really nice. I just uh, sat inside yesterday at the motor <laughs> show. What kind of car is it's it? It's like, it's really nice. Is it an SUV? Yeah, it's a small SUV, yeah. It sounds like one. Yeah. I don't know why Hubble yeah. sounds like a small SUV. Yeah, a yeah. million, less than a million yeah, baht. Yeah, And when you compare to what you get for a million baht with some of the Japanese brands, well, like it's a Mazda, it's nice. ridiculous. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, the Mazdas are like 1.3, 1 1.4. 1 yeah, exactly. Four. It's the cheaper, and then and then it looks nicer. I mean, Mazdas are nice, but if you look at a Toyota, it's it's always quite basic, right? Like design. Yeah, and you have to remember this. You guys are probably you're definitely too young because you you weren't even born when this stuff was happening. But <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> When I was a kid, the Japanese car manufacturers were considered like crappy manufacturers. That's exactly. I had this discussion yesterday. And, so, and, 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 and it's exactly the same as happening to the Chinese. That's right? my point. Though. It's happening yeah. faster, right? Because yeah, technology is yeah. enabling it. When I was a kid, my dad bought a Datsun 510. Now, you don't even know what a Datsun no is. No idea. But you do because you're just around old enough to remember. Yeah. I don't remember, but, but I've you've, read but, about but you're it. a car guy, right? So you understand what happened in the market. But that 510 was really a terrible car. Like if you got hit in that thing, everybody was going to die. But Datsun made a strategic change, obviously to build better cars, but they also changed their name. And I remember when they did it, it was really strange. And they changed it back to the corporate name. Datsun was a brand name. Nissan is the name of, yeah. the, is the, name of the company. They, Nippon they, Sangyo you know they or something. Made, they made Datsun in Thailand. Well, all the car manufacturers, I mean, all the Japanese car manufacturers manufacture in Thailand and have for... Yeah. Decades, yeah. Yeah, they they were. It was one of the first uh, manufacturer uh, to do Datsun. So if you go to the to the Nissan Motors office, they have the oh, the first one that was produced in in the lobby. That's and down on Scumbit Road. Yeah, right? yeah, in uh, at at CM near CM. I've been there. Yeah, CM at CM Hotel. I've been yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I didn't yeah, think it about it when I was there. It was one of our customers uh, because they also own a lot of Nissan dealers. So we of worked course, with of them. Course. Uh, and then yeah, it, was, it was really cool to but see. But so this is interesting because the people that own the Nissan manufacturing also own the dealerships, right? So it's kind of vertically integrated. Uh, is that wrong? No, it's just, it's just they own some dealerships as, as, as a business, but uh, they were the partner for manufacturing and they own a few dealerships and, and others were independent. So, Got it. His, are there competitors for you? The brands? No, no, no. For uh, are they are they for on the market? You mean? No, no. Are are there competitors for you? Like, has the competitive landscape changed in the last couple of years? No, I, I don't. I don't think to what we do exactly. There's not really a platform that's similar to what we do in Thailand yet. Uh, it's been six said, years though, right? I mean, yeah, you've yeah. been at this for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but funny enough, I, I thought about this business first. I think in 2010. <laughs> 
And I thought, wow, there's no platform. And then in <laughs> 2015, I I changed my car and I look and there's still no platform. <laughs> I said, in five years, nobody came up with a platform, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> and six years later, I do it. Nobody else is, is coming into in, into this. It, it's a tough, it's a tough, you know, tough business because you, you need to do a lot of education sure, with sure, brands sure. and they work in, in very old school way. So the the approach that, that the Carsom and Caro are doing is faster because then they can make decision. They want to buy this car and sell it. They can go really fast into building this. But for us, we are really following the brands and 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 dependent on their on their decision and their choices. Uh, but but once but you're taking it's ongoing, then you know it's a long term relationship where yeah, yeah. we help them more and more to. And also, if they if they work with you once, right. It's going to be really difficult for them to sort of cancel that whole thing. Right, exactly, because Remove when all we're of your part technology. of their marketing mix and then we deliver what we promise, that's right. what we see that they continue. So but the also most integrate. difficult part is just to start to get the trust because we're also uh, not an, an old established company. So this, uh, when you work with corporates in Thailand and you start up, it's quite hard. I mean, we're yeah, it's a impossible. digital park that they're trying to help, but... If you don't have the the, 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 the history, they'll be. Uh, I don't know if we should take that risk. Which is kind of fair, right? I mean, because yeah, I if understand, but but yeah, yeah it's uh, that's our job to uh, educate them and 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 just work with them. I mean, our sales cycle was like two or three years before we could start working. And right, we started right, right. discussions with Japanese guys, and then <laughs> you know, for two three years, you do calls and 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 Zoom calls, and they're oh yeah, that's interesting, that's interesting, and nothing <laughs> happens, and one day. <laughs> they, they call you and say, oh, we have decided that we want to do this. But that's just what I was pitching them <laughs> three they years ago. Decided that <laughs> they they want to do it turns out we also provide this service. Oh, what a, what a good match. That's uh, unbelievable. Like, okay, let's get started. Like, yeah. What a killer idea on like, your part. Yeah, we're going to do it like this and like that. Oh, but that's just what we do. Like, oh. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of how it happens with the Japanese. But, but let me say, when we talk to Chinese brands, the, you can feel that, they have a different mindset. They're, they're really like, yeah, let's, uh, we're going to do this on the market and we want to learn from you. Uh, whereas Japanese are more like, yeah, this is how we've done for 60 years. So we're going to keep doing this. But the Chinese are like, ah, oh, we, we're just new to this market. Right. What do you recommend we do? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so you're going to take all my advice and then do everything yourself. I know, but uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's how they, they operate. But at least for, for, for a few years, you can, you can benefit from being a partner and, Absolutely. and helping them. That's what happened with Volkswagen in China. They were the first manufacturer there, and the, the, the Chinese took all their technology and, and basically copied everything Volkswagen was doing, but they sold millions of taxis in the meantime right. until the Chinese could do yeah, their stuff. Right? which took like 20 years before they could have a, a, a decent and automotive industry. And let's be fair. It's not just Chinese business people that do this. Everywhere in the world... Like even the even the chip technology originally that Intel started using came from other places. The Korean cars, car manufacturers benefited from taking Japanese technology going, yeah, let's join venture. Not anymore kind of thing, <laughs> right? And even the Japanese car companies took American technology to build their first set of Japanese cars because the United States was occupying Japan and just built stuff there. Yep. So this is just the way that yep. part of the, that part of the, goes, yep. the economic chain works. Yeah, definitely. I have a question on the topic, like sure. and that different steel cars, though. <laughs> but like a lot of brands, you know, like use racing for kind of getting advertising or awareness. Like mm. for example, in Formula One, we have Mercedes, which is not normally like that. They are making cars for everyday people, right? So, but everyday rich people, Formula but yeah. One. No, they are, they are Mercedes. You can have a Mercedes, like yeah, in know, Europe you can. Yeah, in, fair enough. Of course, yeah, in Europe you can. But yeah, like, yeah. but they are still in Formula One, which is like something really, really right, right, right. intense. Let's say for racing, and also like uh, they launched Formula E for electric cars not not so long ago. So I don't think there is any like Chinese brand like inside that. But do you think that's something that can like that can I think happen. potentially, yes. Uh, I mean, building a Formula One, from what I understand, is very complicated. And because that's why there's just yeah. a few manufacturers that, that have been doing it for a long time and that can do it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, for sure, they, they, might, um, they might come in later when they get their tech uh, ready. That could be a possibility. Because yeah. like there was Honda until like this year. They are getting... Uh, oh, sorry. They are getting, getting out. Out, yeah, because like they were creating the yeah. engine for Red Bull, mm. and now they get they get 
out. So I feel this was the only Asian manufacturer in Formula One. And they did it in out, so now Red Bull get to build everything by 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 themselves, and which I think leaves room for this for yeah, this. Yeah, not um, for sure. It's very, very it's very expensive, so it's more of a yeah. Do you want to invest that much money <laughs> into branding to be in Formula One? But yeah, yeah. I guess yeah, in the future it could it it could probably happen, but but like that, but but they have the Chinese Grand Prix, so yeah, like yeah. that might be like a nice window. F- for them, you know, to focus their own car, and plus, yep. as they are doing Formula E, I as think well. it's just about the time that they're going to start to have yeah. you know nice cars to to promote. I think now they're really focusing on the Chinese market because it's mm. so big, right? It's just so, so they're, large, they're just right? like, okay, we're gonna have all these brands, but like uh, the the electric cars, it's interesting. Like the brands that just started like a few years ago, so you have Xpeng uh, listed on the Nasdaq. You have Nio N I O, yeah, also listed uh, in the US. So all these companies are listed. And they're like, you can compare them with Tesla because they are producing just purely electric cars uh, from scratch, right? Just starting a new brand, new design. Yep. It's, all, it's all new. It's not some brand that <coughs> said, we're going to make electric cars now. It's just this company says, we're going to start a new making, company making right. Teslas. And uh, What's that? What's the other car, car company? That, not car company. The other company that makes trucks, electric uh, trucks. Rivian. Rivian, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, there's a, uh, I mean, I'm not expert in the stock market, maybe you know more, but yeah, that <laughs> looks like uh, a bit crazy uh, in the in the stock prices you think? for Tesla <laughs> you and, think? Uh, and Rivian. Like, yeah, Rivian is more valuable than all the other, all the other cars. Volkswagen or Toyota. Com- That's, uh, so te- Tesla's a different animal, right? Partially because it, it its valuation is driven a lot by the worship of Elon Musk. They're also doing different things because he's trying to, first of all, he's self-promoting, right? So, that, and that yeah, seems yeah, to work really well. Lots but they're also things. building insurance into the car and trying to become a finance company and a fintech and just all the things that occur at Tesla are just different. But Rivian as well, very high valued. And all these Chinese car companies, if they list in the United States, let's see what happens politically, but their valuation should go high as well. We know that the car market is moving electric. It just, it just is. Whether anybody wants it or not, it's going to happen. Most people do want it. But that's just going to happen. a matter of, yeah, does the U.S. government <coughs> allows uh, Chinese cars to right, be imported exactly. or to be made? Uh, or exactly. Those. So this is all dependent. But yeah, in the future, it will be interesting. So yeah, I mean, the markets uh, are probably betting that Tesla is going to dominate cars because of everything else they do, uh, software, software and all these kind of things. Right, right, right. I, I really don't know if that's gonna if that's gonna happen, but they have serious competition with all the the Chinese brand for sure. But you have to give Elon Musk credit for this. Without Tesla, there would be no Rivian. No, yeah, there um, would be none of these other electric car brands from scratch. There was a few fails as well, like uh, Nikola. Yeah, you know this brand, right? And then you have uh, Lucid Motors. Like there's quite, quite a few other. I wonder brands. where they got the name for Nikola. It's such a weird name for a car company. <laughs> Anyway, why don't we? This has been an awesome discussion. Why don't we wrap it up before we get into politics? Because I feel like we're gonna gonna go that way. Um, It was great to have you here. The future is definitely electric. (laughs) It was great to have you here, Damien Curtis. Thanks a lot for having me. The the founder of Siam Car Deal. This was awesome. That was very, very great. Thank you very much. It was very, very good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye bye. Cheers.